This podcast is a part of the Newhoff Media Podcast Network. Good morning. Welcome to Community Connection. We have with us today a newly appointed executive director. I love saying that. And, and Johnny, I especially like saying it when I see young people succeed. And, you know, I, I kind of have flashbacks to when I was working in my career in, in different steps. So congratulations on your appointment as executive director of the Vermeer County Child Advocacy Center. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Um, I'm not surprised because, again, when you were on before, you were just so well-spoken. I'm like, man, he's got some really good ideas. But what I what I noticed about you at that time, it wasn't just your good ideas. It was your passion. So today we have Johnny Munoz with us, and he's going to tell us about the Vermillion County Child Advocacy Center. But I don't know, maybe just address the passion you have for what you do. Um so I've always had a passion to work with children, and I always dreamed about being law enforcement, which I did take a DAC class with um, Ricky Williams, um, and I wanted to still be part of that, and then this came to light, and um, I'm so happy it came to light because it's back in my hometown in Vermillion County, um, graduating from the University of Illinois, and I wanted to come back home. Um, it was just an amazing part. I was like, okay, I can work with children, but I can also work closely as a team member with law enforcement and ECFS. So I was like, it's kind of like a dream job. And um, I immediately went into the role as a family advocate and now I'm the executive director. So it's uh, changing to one year. Yep. So here you are. So what is the Vermillion County Child Advocacy? Um, So we work as a multidisciplinary team to bring children who experience any type of abuse uh, we conduct the forensic interviewing, and then we also provide the wraparound services in our advocacy department um, so we can refer them to mental health, uh, provide them with local resources, because a lot of families um, still don't know there's a ton of resources here in Vermillion County for them. Um, they don't have to go all the way to Champaign or across state lines to Indiana. There's a ton of resources here that they just don't know, and they don't have that direct line of service that can help them have their voices be heard. And that's what we're here for. We want to advocate for them. We want to advocate for the children um, and kind of be that middle person between law enforcement, DCFS, and the family and children. Mm -hmm. And Jonathan, if I remember correctly, didn't you all move to a new facility or you upgraded some (laughs) office space? Um, Yes. So we expanded our office space. So uh, we used to be two people in like a little cubicle area. Um, But now we each have our offices, um, our own offices, and we... um, yeah, so we just expanded, and it was just amazing to see all the things that we were able to achieve in just two years of being brought to life, kind of. Mm-hmm. So so how are you all growing? What, what's your secret? Um, just the support. I mean, we have so much amazing support from our board. Um, Jacqueline Lacey is an amazing supporting um, chair. Um, also with the other board members, they're just there to give us great ideas on how we can best coordinate, how we can... Um, aspire to what we can be Um, and we still are trying to achieve that goal of what we can be and what we should be but um, I think the main goal is that we have to build those relationships with law enforcement DCFS um, our other MDT members as well um, just to kind of um, let them know that we're here we're here to help we're not um, trying to take anything away from them we're just here to help out and try to alleviate some of the stress they have I mean if they want to coordinate with us that's fine Um, we're here to just kind of be there for their support as well. Mm-hmm. 
Good information. Let's take our first break and then we'll come back and we'll really jump into, um, you know, the details of what you all do. We will be right back. Welcome back to Community Connection. Today we have Johnny Munoz with us. He's the executive director with the Vermilion County Child Advocacy Center. And, you know, I, I think, Johnny, when I talked to you guys before, I just can't. Well, well, two parts of this. I can't imagine being in your position because I don't know that I could mentally and emotionally take it. But on the other hand, I can't imagine being in your position because how amazing is that, that there's somebody there? So thank you, like sincerely thank you all for what you do because I know it can't be easy. Yeah, I mean, we just we're we're just grateful to be here. We're just grateful to have that and wraparound services for families and children in need. Um, sorry, <laughs> we have our um, advocacy department coming in, so I'm just going to close the door for this. Okay, that's quite all right. I understand that. Um, but again, such amazing services, and you're able to provide that for children. You're able to work with them. You're able to work with the families. And, you know, when, when they're at, you know, some of the worst times in their life, you all are there. And that's what's important um, to, to have a, a focused delivery service. So, you know, um, like talk about some of the specific things you do. So if if a child has been in a situation i'm not even sure how to put it if they've been in a situation um then they make contact with your agency um no so we get the referral from law enforcement or dcfs uh we schedule the interview we bring the children here to more child-friendly environment um it's just kind of that alleviating that authority a little bit um but the children walk in kind of nervous but then they walk down our superhero hallway and they see all these superheroes and they see all these amazing toys that we have in our family room and these puzzles and they just kind of feel like this isn't okay. This isn't as scary as what I, sh- as what I was thinking in my mind. Um, and then our advocate or um, in my role as the advocate, um, I just sat down and talked to the family, got some intake paperwork done with them. But there's always that one question that you ask them that kind of gets the child to open up more about who they are. Um, we always ask them, okay, tell me a little bit about your hobbies. Tell me a little bit about yourself. What's your secret? What's your secret talent? And that just gives them more of that trust in us as a CAC and also with law enforcement and DCFS. When they ask those questions, it builds that rapport with them. And you can just see that their whole demeanor just changes. They they just want to tell you everything about them. And that's just the, the amazing part of the advocacy department. Mm-hmm. Yeah, building the relationship. And as you're saying, building the trust, because, you know, some of the things that, you know, as the child is is entering the system or a part of this, it can become so complicated and so daunting and so frightful. I mean, as adults, look how we would view situations. Imagine you know, and, and we do have kind of an understanding of why. Imagine being the child going through the situation. And the children's imagination just goes off the rails. Like they immediately think that they're in trouble, but that's kind of what we infer with them. Like, you know what? You're not in any trouble. We're just here to make sure your voice is being heard. And then we're here also here to provide those wraparound services. So counseling, whatever they're needing. Mm-hmm. So I imagine you work with a, a lot of different agencies in the community to make sure wraparounds happening. Yes. So we have a lot of linkage agreements for a lot of mental health and we're still trying to partner with a lot of mental health just to make sure we cover all the bases because we do have funding to pay for all the counseling sessions that we can. 
um, as long as the funding's there, that, I mean, that kind of alleviates some of the stress for the families to receive that mental health, that healing factor. Um, we also partner with Fair Hope Ministries to get clothing for children just in case um, the, the family's needing that. Um, I mean, we have a whole resource page of an Excel spreadsheet so we know who, what can help, what they're looking for, um, and immediately our advocate will uh, reach out to them and try to connect them and drill with that direct line of service. Mm-hmm. So, Johnny, you've been other places, um, so so you can help with this comparison. But it isn't amazing how Vermillion County and the greater Ileana area, how we come together to to uh, provide wraparound for just about any situation. Yeah, I'm, it was just so weird because I was like, I was like, in my mind, when I went to college, I just didn't want to. I was like, oh, there's just nothing here. Like, there's no support or anything like that. Then I came back and I'm like, okay, there's so much support. Everyone's gathering together for the benefit of these families and for the benefit of this, our community as a whole. And seeing the first Friday's events and all these things that Danville or Vermillion County is putting on, it's just amazing. Like, and that's kind of what, what I want my family to experience is that, that community um, togetherness. So um, that's, it's just mm-hmm. amazing. I know. I, I like to shout it from the rooftops. I'm like, people, you realize what we have is so special. It really is. You know, when you go to conferences and you hear what other, you know, for me, it was community colleges. You hear what other community colleges are doing or or uh, grant documents that need to be completed or grant partnerships and, and uh, other places having trouble because they can't come together like that. I'm like, Vermeen County, we, we've got it going on. I just have to throw that out there. Right? Yeah, it's just it's yeah, yes. <laughs> you know who you know who to go to to receive the help too. So it's like right. you know the name, the person, the title, and it's just amazing. And you have access. Yes, you know because some of the some of the things they they literally don't have access, and not you know when I would hear these stories, I'm like, are you kidding me? Who you know who does that? Um, but you know, again, congratulations for what you all are doing. So talk about, I think one of the things that we, you, when you were on last year, you were having a superhero fundraiser. Let's talk about funding. How are you all funded? So we're a nonprofit. We're funded by our grants. So DCFS, FOCA, um, we do fundraisers and small events here and there to kind of give us unrestricted funds as well. So, um, our superhero event that we had in October was an amazing success. Um, we brought in a lot of um, income for us to spend, um, just to have that unrestricted funds for us to use whenever we need it. Um, United Way has also donated us for Hygiene United for the Children um, for the grant that United Way provides, um, and also gas cars because we know like sometimes gas is getting expensive. So we want to provide our uh, families and children just that gas to get to their counseling services. Um, get to our appointments for forensic interviewing, um, just to cover all the gaps that we're missing and providing those resources for the families. Yep, and you're right. And that can be such an obstacle because, again, yeah, we can provide these services. We can provide these services at no cost. But if you can't access us, it's it's kind of pointless for that person. So, um, and talking about unrestricted funds, so I, grant writing was 100% my background, and grants are very, very specific. When you receive a grant, you know, yay, because it's amazing, but it is for very specific items or services. Um, and we all know you need things outside of those items or services to really run 
well, such as a gas card and being able to provide that service. So when when people hear, you know, just a reminder, audience, this is January. You're going to have a lot of fundraisers coming up this year. When you see those fundraisers and you're thinking, well, don't they receive money from whatever? Um, yeah, but it's restricted money and we have to have extra funds to do gas cards or or whatever other item is needed to make that accessibility happen. Okay, that's my preaching for the moment. I don't know. We we could stop the show there. How how about how about we take a we'll take our last break, Johnny, then we'll come back and we'll talk about some more details um specifically with what you provide. Welcome back to the final segment of Community Connection. This morning, we have Johnny Munoz, the Executive Director with the Vermilion County Child Advocacy Center. Um, Johnny, what I would like to ask is, how can we help you? Um, so just showing up, I mean, that's, and also we're going to, I think one of our main goals is kind of reach out to businesses about like some just monetary donations, but also like items, donations, like um, we want to make sure that we are keeping cleaning in our office. So like cleaning supplies, like Clorox wipes, um, we do have to wipe down the interview room. Um, it is a time of year for kids to get a lot of sicknesses and the adults to get sicknesses. So we want to be able to be 100% when we come in for our forensic interviews and come to work. Uh, so we have to make sure that everything's disinfected and stuff like that. So, I mean, if we have events, we just want um, the community to show up and we do have such an amazing community um, awareness um, to bring light into what we're doing. Um, our partnerships with a lot of agencies has been also beneficial. So um, we're continuing to do a lot of things. And we do have a child abuse conference coming up. Uh, we're working very close with CASA, Surround Resource Center, to schedule that conference in, uh, at DAC in April. And there's going to be more information pushed out for that Um but we're also going to uh, partner with That's What She Said um, at the Fisher Theater. I think that's going to be in May. Um, so the more um, tickets we sell, the 20% of that, those proceeds will go back to us. Um, but we're just we're trying to do our best to partner with a lot of different events and get our, our name more out there. I mean, we know that our name's out there, and a lot of families have been reaching out to us for advocacy. Um, we just want to make sure that we cover all the bases and that we reach all the way from Georgetown, all the way to Hubson, Watsika area, um, just to make sure that they know that the, no one's being lost and that we're not forgetting about anybody. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, so, Johnny, at the beginning, you were talking about different um props not really props i'm not sure what to say about it, but like puzzles and different things for the kids do you all need anything like that um probably like little small ga- board games for them i mean we are needing kind of like those little toys that they can kind of be cognitively aware like um puzzles are we've seen that um tangrams have been very amazing for children because they spend almost the whole interview just playing with the tangram but they're talking during the whole process so we see that play therapy is an amazing thing for them to kind of discuss what's on their chest what they're there for um crayons is always beneficial as well because we let the children decorate a leaf um, and we hang the leaf on our tree just to let them know that they're not alone through this whole process there's been other children that come through us and we still provide the wraparound services for every child that we can mm-hmm so, you know, one of the really tough things, and I want you to kind of explain it the best you can, what is a forensic interview? So a forensic interview is kind of more of that one-on-one uh, with law enforcement or a forensic interviewer, Chelsea Hembry. Um, 
to discuss what's going on. So when they disclose or when there's an allegation of abuse, they will come to us or talk to law enforcement about what's going on. So we talk to them about what's happening. Um, sometimes there's a disclosure, sometimes there's not, but we just want to make sure that they're in a safe room, that they're know they know that this is the CAC, this isn't um, the PSB, this is more of a child-friendly environment where you can talk about whatever you want um, and you're not alone through this whole process. We'll provide the follow-ups, we'll provide the advocacy um, as long as they want us to. Um, and that's the thing, there's no limit to our advocacy at all. Um, some of them think that just because they leave our office, our job stops there, um, we'll, we'll continue following up with them every week. Um, some families choose once a month um, until like, they get an update on the cases as well. So we all, we try our best to provide all those information for them. Mm-hmm. Since law enforcement is involved, I, I assume there is a court process that the child may have to go through. Do you all um, support them during that process? Yes, um, we will support them through court advocacy. Um, some of them have CASA advocates as well. But I mean, if they want to share, um, if we build that relationship with them so much that they want to share support, we will be happy more. We'll be more than happy to go with them. Mm-hmm. What else can you tell me about the advocacy center? Um, we got our therapy dog in training. So we're going to have um, Millie. She's a golden doodle. Um, she's going through therapy training right now. She's already went through basic and advanced training. Um, so we're hoping to have that extra resource for the children. Um, if they ever have to go to court as well, to have that therapy dog with them. Um, and also here in the office, if they need that support, um, I'm also working very, um, to bring in more sensory items because we're seeing a lot of um, cases for um, children with disabilities, autism, um, and ADHD to kind of bring them into that sensory items. Uh, if we bring those sensory items, I feel like that we get more out of the forensic interview. Um, so I'm, I'm working really close with the grant to cover that. Good information. So uh, talk about the the therapy dog. That's a great that's a great idea. How did that come to be? Um, Chelsea immediately wanted a dog, um, and we spoke to one of our uh, one of the grant funders that we had, and we we're like, we think this would be an amazing thing. We see other CACs have that, which one CAC has a ferret. Um, <laughs> we're like, let's just, let's uh, let's just stick to a comfort dog, um, and we see a lot of. We've been reading a lot of research into them. We've seen the canine warrior post in Georgetown where they give mm-hmm. um, PTSD veterans um, a service dog to provide that. And we see the benefit of it. And um, when I was at U of I, I seen a lot of um, students have their own therapy dogs and service dogs training and stuff like that. So I thought it was a beneficial thing to bring for children here, especially with the trauma and the allegations in the friends interview, it could be a lot for them, but having that support with them to pick out the picks, um, the anxiety cues, I think it would be very beneficial for them. So we sat with um, our old director, me and Chelsea, and we threw out the idea and we brought it to our board and they immediately approved it because who's going to say no to a dog? Right, right. And, you know, such a brilliant idea. Uh, one time at DACC during finals week, we had a group that w- that brought dogs in just to kind of walk around the student union. And I mean, me, you know, even college students were they were just drawn to it because, you know, y- you would see them, you know, petting and loving on the dogs and the dogs loving on them back. And it was a beautiful thing. I, you know, just a, a beautiful thing to watch because they helped with that stress. 
Well, congratulations. I, I'm glad that you all are able to do that. Um, so there are some ways that we can we can participate in this audience as you're listening today. You know, yeah, they're, they're funded, but again, non-restrictive funds are things that we can all use when we're in nonprofit arenas. And the Vermilion County Child Advocacy Center, it may be something that you've not heard about. I mean, you're fairly new, Johnny. Uh, with with the advocacy center, but definitely something that we can participate in, and we'll be seeing your name come up. So we want to make sure that we are uh, willing to participate and and help you with whatever you need. No, I mean anything helps. I mean we just having the support as well means the world to us. I mean we have been asked to present and shine light to what we're doing for the children here in Vermilion County to a lot of groups, mm-hmm. uh, Kiwanis, the Lions Club. Uh, the Quilters Club, um, all the way to back to the University of Illinois. They keep asking us to bring in um, our friends and viewers or our advocacy to discuss like to future graduates like this is a, a job that you can apply for and you do so much work and you, it gives you so much um, love for the feeling of helping these children that what they're going through, that you are that support person, you are there for them as long as they want you to. Good information. Well, thank you so much for being with us today. Again, we've been speaking with Johnny Munoz, the executive director with the Vermilion County Child Advocacy Center. Hey, Johnny, if people have questions, uh, what would be contact information? Um, you can visit our new website, the vccac.org, uh, or if you want to go to Ver County, um, the Vermilion County website as well. Um, but I mean, if anyone wants to call and ask information more, they can always contact our number. It's 217-806-4800. That goes to all three of our lines. Um, and whoever picks up will answer any questions. And if no one, if our new advocate can answer the question, I mean, me and Chelsea have been here for a long time. So we'll be able to answer any questions that they may have. Mm-hmm. So I'm laughing long time. So you've been there like, what, two years, a year and a half? <laughs> I would say that. I would say I'm about a year now. <laughs> time is relevant you know the relevance in it <laughs> well thank you so much audience i hope you've enjoyed today's show we'll be back in the morning and yeah i hope you can join us then until then have a good rest of your day you've been listening to the newhoff media podcast network for more visit newhoffmedia.com